0: Anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW report. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash.
1: Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans,
2: welcome to the latest episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell and I'm joined by my co-host Mark Davison as always. Mark, how's it going?
3: Good, Matty. How's it going, Steeler Nation? This is our second show. Um, today we had the, the previous show, we had the breaking news with um, Lamar Jackson getting the old CB19. Um, you know, it was a very cool opportunity to go on a live show with Matt and uh Bad and now hopefully we're coming to you Saturday morning. Um it was it was an awesome experience. I needed to check out my internet. I'm pretty sure kangaroos were around the around the bottom paddock and messing with the wires. So I've I've gone out and bought um a laptop. Uh, on the way I also killed two spiders. Like everything's happened down here in Australia, it's all going on, it's all hot. There's big news breaking, we've got the Steelers telenot. This is what this is what Is happening now in the, in the land of 2020.
2: That's it, Mark. And yeah, as you say, it was awesome to be able to join uh, Brian Anthony Davis bad when he shot live YouTube earlier today. And, you know, listeners out there, we're recording to you live from Friday afternoon. Um, Our time we go live to you guys as always on Saturday morning, somewhere between five and 7am. And it's great to be joining you on your Thanksgiving well, long weekend and, you know, whether you hang out with the family, as you always say, you know, traveling to them from work, whatever it is that you're doing, thank you for for listening to our show. Equally, if you're listening to us, you know, on Sunday where you thought you might listen to us with a game and, you know, at this point in time, there may be a game, there may not be, we don't know. So I guess to give you guys a bit of an out, like an understanding of what we might be doing in today's show, as always, we're going to do our usual segments of sling and slang and bold predictions or punt of the week that we like to call it with that bit of Aussie slang. Um, we'll look back at last week's game in this part one. We'll talk a little bit about um, you know, the if there is if the game is called off, if it isn't, what are the what are the outcomes potentially there. We'll preview where we can about what what the Ravens might be doing and where the NFL might be heading. Um, But obviously, some of you might have listened to um, already listened to the podcast or listened or what we're live on the YouTube show um, that we're on with Bad about the breaking news. So, but look, lots to cover off, lots to cover off. But as you said, Mark, I mean, breaking news, Lamar Jackson, COVID nineteen. You know, as as Bad said on on his podcast today. It doesn't matter that the Baltimore Ravens are our arch rivals. No one out there wishes COVID-19 on anyone else. We just don't. So I, I want to make that very clear from the get-go. I know there's been some heated live chats on the show we were on earlier today, um, which is actually the listeners now a couple of days behind for you with the time warp that is when we come to you from mm-hmm. the future. Um, it can be a hard one to keep track of sometimes. But yeah, we just want to reiterate whatever we say in today's show it's not aimed and it does not take away from the human element that there are players, families, and there's families of coaches and strength and conditioning staff and anyone around that organization and those facilities. And equally the wider community in the U S is suffering big time from COVID-19 at the moment, very different landscapes, what we are in Australia. So, you know, as I said, before we get into any, any discussions there, we just wanted to to make that caveat that equally Mark, I mean, no Lamar Jackson, that is a massive loss for the Ravens. And if I think I read correctly, it doesn't look like there's any Calais Campbell, you know, either. There's no Mark Ingram, there's no Dobbins, you know, there's no Brandon Williams. We're now really starting to get to the bare bones of their roster.
3: And this is this is the point too, like you said, like we you know, we take this thing seriously. The whole world is taking this thing seriously. Um, but at the same time, life can go on and we need to figure out what's going to happen with the game. Uh, Lamar Jackson could be out and, you know, almost 10, eight, ten players might be out for the Ravens. Um, we, haven't, we never face this as fans. Um, so ultimately, I hope we do get a game coming up on Sunday, which is uh, our Monday. And even when, when me and Matt find the news out tomorrow, we'll wake up at 8 o'clock and you guys had already probably known because it will be that that will be your one PM or, or something similar. Because we get our news about a day a day late or half a day late. So yeah, like I, I think in in all things, we wanted to see the big game, Big Ben versus Lamar Jackson, and we wanted to put him under pressure and really push him to the to the pocket, force sacks, force interceptions, and beat him that way. We don't want to beat the team without it. But like I said in the previous podcast with Brian. I get this feeling that you've got to put players on the field and whoever wears number 41, 45, whoever they are, but the NFL wants the big stars. And that's where we're getting into a bit of trouble. And also we haven't been through this. And there's actually another point as well. If they, if they delay the game, there's a Cowboys game. There's so many, so many options. So, you know, you and myself is doing best we can to try and figure all this out.
2: Yeah, that's it, Mark. Um, and, and I know for anyone that listens listened live to that YouTube show or listened, has listened back to that, that podcast of, of the show as well, I was sort of advocating there a little bit that it might be time for a forfeit. I, like anyone listening to this, do want to see a game. I, I'm absolutely going to caveat that. I think it should be whoever you can put on the field. But what I'm more disappointed with is that, this is actually on the NF... Like, yes, this week's game specifically is on the Ravens. It is. They had a staffer who did not like, adhere to the rules, did not follow the protocols, then, you know, tried to mislead or misguide or... And fine, I might be speculating there, but for whatever reason, didn't necessarily tell the truth about what they'd done. And that's affected the contact tracing for it to spread the way it has between players. Um, at, at any point in time, someone's let the ball down there. But what the NFL, and I appreciate without the NFL, we don't have a podcast, we don't have an audience. So, yeah. But it has not been clear from the NFL about what constitutes a game being really forfeited. It doesn't. There hasn't been a. If you have this many players in this position, like I said on the show earlier today, with that, you know, if you've got two quarterbacks out of your four quarterbacks on your roster, then you can't play. Or if you've got three offensive linemen, you can't play. Or, whatever it is, there's not enough criteria for my liking of what this means. And the problem with that is that whilst you can... I, I agree with you, Mark, because in Australian sport, if you don't have enough players, you find players from you know some of the younger teams coming through or from the free agents, or you know you might even do a trade between two teams, or, or in, in some of our leagues that don't have trades, there's you know um, roster mid-season transfers and what have you. But in the NFL this season, there's certain waiting periods between from when a free agent is acquired to when they can actually play with the protocol. I think it might be – it's either eight to ten days off the top of my head. So the problem is is that if Baltimore doesn't have enough practice for players, then how are they going to field a team? And in most leagues, in most sports or Mm -hmm. games around the world, if you can't field a team – you forfeit. Like, for instance, in the Premier League, if you can't, forfeit, if you can't build a team, you forfeit 3-0 if you, or if you don't even turn up. And that actually happened earlier this year for COVID in the Serie A, in the Italian Premier League. One team, um, in Miss Napoli, didn't want to travel for a game because they were worried about COVID and the league hadn't been clear on what was happening. 3-0 loss, 3-0 loss, straight on the table. So I know the NFL is about making money. We've had this game pushed. But if it's about making money... And if the Ravens are on the playoff bubble, Mark, my question is, why wouldn't they postpone this game and add the finals, you know, add the playoffs one week later and shift everyone up a week? Like, why wouldn't you have that? Imagine if the, the Steelers are, you know, 15-0, and 0 going into a final game of the season against the Ravens, who are like, let's say, something like a 9-5 and five maybe, Oh no, sorry, nine and it'll be nine and six or or something like that, and they're on this playoff bubble. Wouldn't you want to see that build up? If not, and if you're going to just throw them into the playoffs, then this should be a forfeit. Because as I said on the show today, they are now third in the AFC North. It's not even like they're one game behind Pittsburgh. They're four games behind
3: Pittsburgh. I don't think there's any I don't think there's any easy answer because every time throughout that conversation you just had those discussion points, I'm thinking, well. Yes, you can put the forfeit out there, but at the same time, if you forfeit, um, you know, COVID is just a natural thing that everyone has to deal with, right? So why should the Ravens have to put up with that? But they have these things in place that, to to um, limit that. And then do you push... It's just so hard. Do you push back all those games to the playoff and the Steelers get hurt? Um, it's... Yeah, I'm glad I'm not Roger Goodell and, and trying to organise the situation because... No matter what, what view you have, um, whether you want the game on or don't want it on, it's a hard situation. And right now I'm thinking about just sitting on the fence.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, there's, here's a question for you, Mark, then. Here's a question for you. Do you think, how far do you think we are? Is it a few other teams having games? How far do you think, or, you know, is it literally the next one and they're going to decide this? How far do you think we are from having to have a playoff
3: bubble? Well it looks pretty close because if these things happen with the Ravens and it goes from four people to must be about 9 now then then you need better protocols to get this um NFL season intact and uh even now the point like Pittsburgh Steelers fans can't go to a game because there's different rules and all that kind of jazz but yeah it's it's such a an idea that well you could have this one view but then you might be annoying people's ideas of the other view so and this is what I think 2020 has been to a certain point, And we don't want to get too political and stuff, but that's what it kind of feels like. We want the game to play, but the Ravens are like, well, we've got um, CB19, uh, people who can't play. Can you just wait? But I don't know. Steeler Nation, I do not know. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I hope there's a game, but I really don't know.
2: Yeah, well, right now, as of the latest article on NFL.com, um, which went live 7.44 p.m. Thursday night, <laughs> American time. Um, boy, I think it's Eastern time on this one. Ten players, eight starters on the COVID-19 list. Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Brandon Williams, Kaleis Campbell, Trace McSorley, G. Ward, uh, Colonel McPhee, Matt Skura, who's a central part of their offensive line, and Patrick Nakari, who also has been a key part of their offensive line the last few weeks. They're some pretty key players. I mean, there's some pretty key players. Um, and, you know, there was one thing, Mark, that I was sort of thinking when we were talking about, and I didn't want to raise it because I didn't know the technicalities, and I haven't actually had a chance in a couple of hours between us having that show and recording this one um, to check it out. But one thing I was sort of thinking, what if they pushed this game out to even Monday to give people an extra day just to try and see where the list is and then moved, then they were able to move the Ravens' next game against the Cowboys, which is currently scheduled for a Thursday night, move that on. Like, I just sort of wondered where they could accommodate it, but I, I'm very interested to see what the NFL does because there doesn't seem a lot of wriggle room here now that we've postponed it once already, by like three days.
3: Not at all. And then you have, but then you could do that. You have the domino effect. So you move it again. You move the Cowboys game, who they play next. Um, the Cowboys are still fighting for a division down there. Um, yeah, it's very tricky. Uh, I, I'd, I, like, I like the idea of your point, like, just to forfeit it. Um, say the Ravens stuffed up, get healthy, take care of yourself, t- take yourself out of the game. Everyone get healthy and come back in. That doesn't hurt anyone. You give away the, the loss, dealers get a win, you get a loss, you move on with life, and then we get ready for the Washington football team. That's the, probably, I think, the biggest thing. Competition-wise, think it's probably the smartest thing. Um, NFL-wise, making their revenue and money and stuff like that, probably not, but that seems to be the play to get the moving parts going. If they're missing nine players, and there still might be a chance they could find more and they play the day, then what's going to happen?
2: Well, yeah, that's it. Like, it's look, it, it is. It's an unknown, but let's just ta- let's put a big pause on that one, and we can yeah. we can pick up Ladies that Ravens discussion. Talk some football. <laughs> like, we can pick up that discussion in, in part two, <laughs> um, and and we'll actually do a bit of a preview for you guys <laughs> and, and talk about what it means because you know the game can still go ahead. They could find players, all, all that sort of stuff. So, um, last week's game, Jacksonville Jaguars. Twenty-seven to three, I think I'd pick something like about thirty, something like thirty-four, thirty-six, thirty-eight to to thirteen. I think I picked. Mark, how are you? How are you in terms of getting close to the scoreline?
3: I think I was uh, thirty-seven. No, sorry, twenty-eight to to nil.
2: Okay, so you're pretty oh, close.
3: Or 20, 26 to nil. I was because I didn't think they wanted to score any points. But yeah, that's 1, right. That's, on right. The that's money. right. I've been good the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um I just didn't think that Luton had the chance to um push the push the ball downfield and not even that, just getting into the red zone was probably the hardest thing. And they got three points off the first drive and it was three nil and I uh, went into the universe of Facebook, which I always do every week, and I saw some comments like, Oh no, we're gonna lose. Nah, we're not gonna lose. It was it, we, we rattled off like, yeah, twenty six points or whatever, and then we got the win. That's it.
2: That's it. Look for me. I have to agree with what Ben Roethlisberger was saying in the post game. Like, if you know, they left some points on the board, but equally, I agree with Tomlin. Like, he was as he was saying, it's it wasn't a game that they were going to go in and just like they're getting every team's best shot, right? They did the right things on defense. They did enough on offense. They looked pretty good. They went down to Jacksonville, and the thing is, is that people keep talking about it going undefeated for the season. As every game goes on. The pressure, it, there's pressure there that's not about necessarily the teams you're playing, but it's like, can I keep this record alive? And I feel the Steelers just got what they needed to get done. You know, like, apart from a potential in- injury there to Juju Smith-Schuster, Otherwise, the Steelers just did exactly what they needed to do, not too many injuries, and, and they go forth. Now, obviously, there was this in- injury to Zach Gentry. I don't think that's going to change the Pittsburgh Steelers' season. I don't think any, any listeners out there would. It's it's disappointing because we've seen a bit more of Gentry as well this this year. But for me, it was the Steelers just got went down to business and got it done.
3: Right. Like, well, they ran the ball a lot better. Uh, Big Ben threw a lot of TDs. The defense got four interceptions. Uh, this is one of those games where, yeah, we played really awesome and like you're in their in their home turf and. Uh, I saw a comment on around the NFL, and a lot of analysts are saying this now. They're like, "Then the Steelers are the ten and zero, and they're the worst ten and zero team." Which I really don't understand. Uh, a lot of your fans out there don't understand that we are the worst ten and zero. And even one of the Ravens fans today in the chat said that. And yet, if we're the worst ten and zero team, that beat you. That team beat you. So that means you're even worse than us. Uh, to my logic, if that makes any sense. No, like this is it was a great game. I know we've got all this stuff going on now with Lamar, but that was a really fun game to watch. Luton was never going to go anywhere. You know, I, was, yeah, let's, let's just play them again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know what, Mark, you reminded me there of like, you know, if we suck, you must suck more because, you know, we beat you. It reminds me of when I used to have glasses when I was in like primary school or like yeah. in, uh, elementary school, it was over there in the US. So like grades kindergarten, one and two. in uh, I used to get called like four eyes. You know that classic you know oh, that yeah. classic like yeah. taint four eyes I and mean, I used to go, Well, if I've got four eyes, then I could see better than you and then people would be like, Oh, so it's positive. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, oh I, yeah, duh. Like, you know, and people couldn't then you watch this like, you know, seven eight year old kid try and compute it, like and then yeah. just being completely stuffed. So yeah, totally know what you mean
3: there. Um You know you know what, Maddie, I used to get um I used to get Mark in the dark. Oh you're Mark in the dark, and I'm like, Okay. That's a terrible... Like, I knew that when I was like eight years old. They're like a terrible, um, you know, uh, put down. Mark in the dark. And they're like, Any, anything else you got? That's what it feels like. You're the worst 10 19 team. Yeah, we won 10 games. What else do you want?
2: hundred percent. Like, we, <laughs> we didn't pick our schedule. No. Right? We haven't lost a divisional game. Well, we haven't lost a game. Um, you know, we've been in some really good teams. And, you know, actually, why, why we're down, while we're looking at that, and before we get into the box score... I actually did a, I, after the Jacksonville game, I thought, oh, let's, let's have a look at where we're sitting. So I waited a couple of days for all the stats and um, those out there know that I, I like, Dave Schofield really like my pro football reference and that's, they're really big to me in terms of where I get my stats. So currently, as of after the Jacksonville game, the Steelers are now fourth in the league for points for at 298, so 29.8 um, points per game. And they are first in the NFL for points again. So they've got the best defence in terms of points. Um
3: Can I stop you there, Manny? How good is that? So we get twenty nine and we get and we don't let in seventeen. We they so have we've only points. let in
2: we've averaged twenty nine point
3: eight um points a
2: game and we've only allowed seventeen point four points a
3: game. If that happens every single game, we go sixteen and 0. Ping ping ping. That's all we win, win. That's such a like a high oh big Ben can't run the offense, he's only you know, doing this and that. Uh that's all false false news right there. If coming forth, he's playing fantastic. Twenty nine points a game, it gives you opportunity to, you know, win. And I think the defense can do even better than seventeen. Best. Yeah.
2: So let's let's go a little bit deeper into those numbers. So on offense, the Steelers this season have broken thirty points in three out of their ten games. Thirty percent of the time. And they have scored more than twenty-five points in nine of those ten games. Now we think about how hard it was to score twenty-five points last year, right? That's just different. Mm-hmm. Big ben, we everyone sort of reckoned he might be. I remember in all the preview shows before the season started, before even we started podcasting, you know, I know it was about two to four points a game and they thought Ben could be worth. Well, you know, Ben's worth been worth quite a bit more than that. Ben is currently fourth, tied for fifth in the NFL with twenty-four touchdowns, and. And only five interceptions, we've got a ratio there of almost five, you know, five to one, which is pretty good. Like if you can get through a season on that yeah. with Big Ben's history, that's pretty good. Equally, the Steelers now have three three wide receivers or three receivers with over five, and they were wide receivers, actually, as I said there. They're three three wide receivers with over five hundred yards, and Ebron now has over three hundred yards. Again on offense, no player with more than 20 receptions has caught under 60% of their passes. So any player that has more than 20 receptions has caught more than 60% of their targets. Awesome catch rate there. Then of the four players averaging more than 35 yards per game, which is Claypool, Juju, Deontay, and Ebron, what I said earlier, three of those in the wide receivers are averaging more than 55 yards per game, and these same four players have four or more receiving touchdowns. So, like, we talk about pick your poison on offense. It's, the, the stats don't lie. You can't argue with numbers.
3: And they're just, just playing team ball, like I've been saying all year. And, like, I think a lot of stats come down to it, like, um, you know, we're not getting the most yards on, on offense, but we're getting points and stuff like that. But we're, we're, get, we're having such great field position because I know there's a few stats out there saying we're, like, I don't know what we are exactly, but we're mid-range, I think, for yards. But we're starting the, the field position a lot. Uh, closer to the touchdown zone um, with Ray Ray and, and the defense and their, their scoring points. I'm just starting to get this feeling that like we, we, we really got to get behind our team a, a little bit more. And I know a lot of you are. I'm not calling anyone out. I'm just saying like, let's enjoy this ride and keep going because if when we do play the Ravens, whatever happens, we'll be 11-0 and then we're going to Washington football team and then we'll give them a bit of a run. Uh, and We've got to try and keep our, our team healthy um, but yeah, there's a lot of naysayers out there that we they see us as a target and we're not the best team and, and yada, 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 yada. But that that doesn't matter. Like Tomlin says, we don't care. And like I said on the uh, previous podcast, we, yeah, at the end of the day, at February, if we're holding that Lombardi, I'm going to be one of the happiest fans. And I know you'll, you will be too. And you know, I know a lot of people on my Steelers Nation Australia site. I know a lot of people in the live chat will be happy. Um yeah, it's just just something that this year has been a little bit different without fans. But we just got to enjoy it, Maddie. No, I I enjoy those stats. Well, 29 and seventeen.
2: I've got more for you. I got a few more. <laughs> 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 just indulge me, right? I didn't get through all the Dave's Stat Geek this week or the Scobro shows. So just indulge me, right? And I'll say what I really love about this these stats as well. Beforehand, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. That a lot of people are talking. The Steelers are going to come up against the Kansas City Chiefs, all things being equal, in, in the playoffs, right? If they are, I want you to, I want, I want listeners to really think about the the second point that I'm about to that I'm about to raise in the next five points of defensive stats. So, point number one: the Steelers have conceded thirty points or more once this season, and 20, and have only allowed twenty-one points or under in seven out of ten games. Now, I know most people would sit there and go, well, it should be 20 or under. That seems to be the benchmark. But the Steelers have allowed 21 points or under in seven out of 10 games. And I think that off the top of my head, there was three games where they allowed 21 points. I think that's a fair benchmark of 21 because technically that's three touchdowns. So if you're, if you're allowing three touchdowns or less, but you can score 30 points, well, you know, you're going you're to win the game every time, right? Pure max. Point number two, and as I said, keep this in mind because if the Steelers can get through most of the season, at somewhere around this bigger, it's going to be very interesting when they come up against a Patrick Mahomes or any other elite quarterback for that matter. The Steelers have allowed 300 yards or under in 50% of their matches for passing. So in half the games, the passing offense has not been able to break 300 yards. That is massive. That is massive for this defense. Equally, and I know the rush defense has been a bit sus, you know, in the last couple of weeks in, in points and it was better last week and it was better even more like it was also getting to get better against the Bengals we have allowed under 100 yards rushing in six out of 10 games that's point number three so we have not we have not allowed more than 100 yards in six out of 10 games no team has passed sorry the 300 yards earlier I should have said was for um yes definitely um for offensive yards sorry that was I, I made a mistake there so the 300 yards or under 50% matches is purely for offensive yards no team. That's right. No team has passed for more than three hundred yards on the Steelers, mm-hmm. and only one team has broken two hundred and fifty yards, and that's the New York Giants in Week One. Daniel Jones. Danny Dimes. So sorry. Yeah, that's, that's right. I knew this stuff was coming. So let's, <laughs> let's just go back. And, let's rewind a little bit. No team. No team has scored more than three hundred yards through the air on the Steelers. And only one team has broken two hundred and fifty, which means that the Steelers have held teams to under three hundred yards in five out of their ten games. That is incredible in the National Football League, in a very big passing league. And yes, we've played quarterbacks like Jeff Driscoll. we've played Danny Dimes, as you said, we played Joe Burrow, and you know Jake Luton, and we played, you know, we did play Tannehill, though. You know, we did play Baker Mayfield. Uh, Don't
3: forget Garrett Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert, he was one eye shot down a lot and then he proved me wrong and now (laughs) the red rifles are going for him.
2: But at the end of the day you can only beat the teams you're up against and even in the NFL that is an incredible stat. And then there's the headline stats we always talk about. 38 sacks through 10 games, three point eight a game 99 quarterback hits they're almost averaging 10 quarterback hits per game. 68 tackles for a loss, 6.8 tackles for a loss per game. Like you're going backwards if you're getting that one. Like that's awesome. 53 pass defenses and 15 interceptions. If that's not where you want to be after 10 games. And you talk about being the worst 10 and 0 team. I'm sorry, they're incredible stats and in defense.
3: I really think the, the way that it's portrayed with um, the media and how we get that uh, worst 10 and 0 team is because uh, we don't, like I said it before, we don't have any real drama. Uh Tomlin has this team well coached. There's nothing really to talk about with the Steelers except they're the win. Um we're not America's team like the Cowboys. Imagine if the Cowboys were 10-0. They would be on every network and even a cooking show. They'd be everywhere. There'd be there'd be 10-0 here, 10-0 there. If the Patriots did it with Cam. Um and they really want the Chiefs to do it. Uh and the Chiefs are just hanging on. They just beat the Raiders. By I think it was four points in the last last second touchdown, and in some power rankings and I know these don't mean that much of a thought, but some power rankings were number two, and I do not understand. Like, what if the Chiefs lose this week to the Bucks? The Bucks have been thrown out the window, got got beat down thirty-eight to zero by the I think it was the Saints or a score similar. Now, if the Bucks beat the Chiefs, will the Steelers be? And if the Steelers win this game, if they play it. In their 11-0, will we get number one? We're just not getting talked about. Uh, and I've started to change my thought now. I think it's a good thing we're not getting talked about because the, the players are playing hard. They're playing for each other. They can, they can probably sense that Super Bowl ring on their finger. They can sense the big paycheck. You know, the string guys can sense the Super Bowl. That's something they're a part of. Big Ben can sense it. Um, this is something that, yeah, we're not going to go away. And we're going to fight hard each and every week. And I had one fan on, uh, on the Australian, Australian site, uh, not my Facebook page, but another one said to me, uh, the bills are coming up. I said to him what like Tomlin says, one game at a time, mate. And I, you know, and I got four likes out of that, but like, we've just got to stick, stick to the plan.
2: Well, that's it, Mark. It's about, you know, and we know it here in Australia as being and Seagulls fans, and we've talked about it on a couple of different podcasts, but it's about a siege mentality. You know, bring the players under one roof of this siege mentality where Everyone's out to get the Steelers. Teams are not even sticking to the COVID protocol. Fine. We're going to go about our business. We're going to get it done. We're focused on the wins. We're focused on the victory. We know what the light is on top of the hill. We know what the very treasure is that we're going after. And that's a Lombardi. And I think that's just the approach they're taking. But look, quick fire, two players on the Steelers that surprised you last week or that were standout performances. And one player from the Jaguars that you were actually pleasantly surprised by. All
3: right. Firstly, I'll go with uh, Edmonds. Had a great game. Two INTs. The second one where he almost got his shoulder outside of his... Almost, you know, dislocated his shoulder. Um, I wish he could have a bit of legs on him and start running it. Uh, What was the other question? Uh, Who was the Jacksonville player that surprised you? Jacksonville Jaguar player. Uh, Robinson played pretty well. I think he he got, got under 80 yards. So I think you get a point for our um, Punch of the Week. Mine went nowhere, which is cool. Uh, but yeah, Robinson played really well.
2: Yeah, awesome. Awesome. For me, it was uh, Mink Fitzpatrick again just showed what he's worth. Uh, I mean, you, you stole Edmonds. <laughs> I would all love to give it to Edmonds. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I agree with you and I, and, uh, I think Robinson, Robinson made some, did some key things and I also like the receptions that he had as well. Like He had two really key receptions at different points, so I thought he was pretty good there and backed it up. And congratulations to an undrafted running back getting over 1,000 yards in the season and particularly only after 10 games. So big shout out to him there. But look, listeners, that wraps up part one. Believe it or not, join us for part two because part two, we're going to get into whatever mess this is in terms of playing the Ravens and not playing the Ravens. I can't wait to join you then.
0: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?